Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But searching the shelves for that special overlooked movie will never end. The one that really sticks with you forever. Let's drown ourselves in a sea of streaming services and ask the question, what the fuck is that? Does this hold up? And just what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank Roll. I'm Scott Moran. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> Have you ever heard the Homeward Bound theory? That Chance died, and what you see at the end is heaven, him going to heaven and getting home. I think I have. That's, it sounds familiar, but yeah. I was blown away. I mean, I'm sorry. This is emotional terrorism for anyone who never thought of that before. <laughs> but... Yeah. It's like source code. <laughs> Just... With Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Where he's like a torso? And they're keeping the torso alive because they can stimulate the brain to do the work. Dude, that dude's getting overtime. That is some fucking Black Mirror shit. John Hamm putting that lady in until she learns how to make toast. Fucking pigs. <laughs> Did you ever see the John Hamm episode of Black Mirror? I've seen all the Black Mirrors. It's the Christmas episode where he's in the cabin with the guy, and then he's like telling him stories, and it's like three mini episodes. And uh, he like goes to this lady's house and makes a personal assistant, downloads her consciousness into the personal assistant, and he makes like years pass to get it to to do whatever he wants. And it was John Hamm. It was John Hamm. Yeah. Why do I know? I know that I've seen all of them because I felt like it's not in the seasons. It's a one off. Oh, it's the Christmas episode. It was between season one and two. No. Yeah. I don't know. It's maybe. Good. Maybe not. Might be my favorite. One. I'll have to keep that one in the, the old locker storage up there. The pig one, not my favorite. That wasn't that the very first episode. It was the very first one. But it's the reason why I've never been like, "Hey, Kelly, you want to watch?" Uh... Because we have to start with that episode, and then the second one is that one where they're on the exercise bikes to make electricity, and she ends up doing porn. Mm-hmm. It's like the game world where you generate the porn. Yeah, th- you, both yeah. of those scarred me. And then the next two are really, really highbrow sci-fi as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it it took me a lot to get through those. But three was also, or the latest one was also the video game one, right? I think so, With yes. the two guys. And yeah. The, yeah, that I was like season two because it ended with that, where the girl was in the oddities place, and it had the like little stories about the stuff in the museum, that she, the roadside museum she's at. <gasps> That one yes. was really good. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was a masterpiece. Oh, shit. That one was great. That And that had to have been, too. Yeah, because a lot of people will be like, oh, the first season was good, but then after that, uh, that episode is marvelous. As is the one with Kurt Russell's son, the VR one, where he gets stuck in the other world. Because that horrifies me, because I do a lot of VR. Nah. But I watched uh, Knock at the Cabin, and I can't stop calling it Cabin at the End of the World, because that's the name of the amazing book. Yeah, um, Cabin on the Left in the Woods. Last Cabin on the World side of the street. But you said it fucked you up for a few days after you watched it? It's been a while since you've seen it. I watched it last night. It put me in a dark place, and I see it on streaming. Like, I see it there. I see it there, and I want to hit play, but I'm like, why do that again? I'm like, why? I don't want to do that to myself again so soon. I but think that's fair. Maybe I would maybe watch it, would... it again. Maybe it wouldn't hit me as hard the second time knowing what's coming. See, the reasons I thought you were in a dark place were not in the movie. Oh, really? It got The end of the book is much more 
fucked up. Oh, that's a shame. I understand why he didn't do it. Mm. And this is a good adaptation of a book that I really love. I love that author. But what they kind of sucked out of it was there's a lot more doubt in the book all the way to the end. Like, there's some doubt in this. He got that. How about that M. Night Shyamalan cameo in this one, too? On the Home Shopping Network? Yes. Yes. He's always in there. He get he squeezes in. This was rare form Shyamalan, though. As far as, like, him in that commercial, he was, like, being real boisterous. Mm-hmm. You never see him like that in a movie. No. I always think of him as the vet that killed Mel Gibson's yeah. wife. I hear they don't like water. Or some shit. <laughs> I think that is what he said. <laughs> I'm going to the lake. They're never anywhere with water. <laughs> and then just... <laughs> and what gets me is he, like, peels out and drives off. It's like, maybe not in front of him. Read your audience, buddy. <laughs> drive right. <laughs> drive right. You're going to drive this home. Yeah, God, dude. He's leaving in a hurry. It's just, that always got me. It. Have you ever thought about that part of Signs? How he... No, that's the first time I ever have actually thought about that that's an inappropriate way to drive away from a man whose wife you killed by with a fuck, car pinning her to a fucking tree with your car when you dozed off yeah so then you burn out oh, and ride off is so good the aliens look bad now but when it walks up to that fucking glass door it still scares the shit out of me the glass oh or what about um do you know what made me jump the very first time under the door the hand under the door <laughs> like you knew it was coming yeah that one made me jump and squeal but the creepiest part was the birthday party footage. Yeah, the birthday party footage freaked me. When Joaquin fuck Phoenix out is watching it in the fucking like under the stairs closet or whatever little closet he's in, and it's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do too. I'd be like, like just saying that I've got goosebumps. Like you might have to watch me walk out to my truck when I leave. <laughs> but you know, well, no, I mean, or you never know when it's an Olympic gymnast, <laughs> a female. Olympic gymnast. Sorry, that's enough. Shamalon references. Swing away. Yeah. No. Um. But yeah, at the very end of this, I'll tell you what happens at the end of the book because I don't think you'll ever read it. What happens at the end of the book? I'll tell you at the end of this episode. What happens at the end of this episode? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and why the fuck does DoorDash think I need 35% off Dick's Sporting Goods at 10.06 at night? Is the algorithm fucked up, or do they just don't care? Maybe you need an athletic cup right now. Do I need to know about 35% off at Dick's through DoorDash at 10.06 p.m. on a Thursday? Maybe it's a sex thing. Is this an M. Night Shyamalan thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember it was a big deal that The Happening was his first rated R movie, because I even watched the behind the scenes, and they were like, once we knew that we were going to get the R rating, you know, they talk about like that younger kid who gets shot in the chest with the shotgun and how it was graphic. I mean, this was had to have been rated R, right? Was Unbreakable not rated R? Um, obviously not, no. Huh. No, because there was a huge thing about The Happening being his first rated R film. And then I remember that's one of the things I thought watching this was like, well... F- well, the people who were excited about that were probably disappointed. I like The Happening, but I understand if you were disappointed. It's on those like worst movies of all time lists all the time, but I don't think it's that bad. Should have followed John Leguizamo the whole movie. If you ask me. Because <laughs> John Leguizamo is a fucking knockout in that. He fucking kills it. Good performance. But and Batista in this, man. He's so approachable in this. And he's scary as fuck at the same time. He's just such a stout man. He played that part really well. And the other people in it were cast really well. <laughs> Old, uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
Ron. Ron. <laughs> Ron. Who's also in M. Night Shyamalan's Apple series. Oh, Serve. okay. He was good in that part. The two leads were fucking amazing. Did I tell you at first when I saw him, I thought he was one of the Pete and Pete's. I thought it was one of the Pete's. I thought it was Big Pete. Well, I thought it was one of the Pete's. That's the thing. He does look like he could be a Pete. He could definitely be one of the brothers. He's like the British brother. Like, dad went overseas for a business trip. Boom. Third Pete. The girl, the the white girl with the thick eyebrows, mm-hmm. she was in Torn Hearts, Bria Grant's country music thing with Katie Seagal. That hmm. I saw that horror movie. Mm-hmm. Where they go to the, like, basically they go to one of the Judd's house. She, like, fucks with them for two days. It's worth watching. You've told me about it before. Yes, me and Kelly watched it. It was uh, It's a low-budget horror movie by Bria Grant. It's Does like it have one of the Judds in it? Horror movie. No, Katie Seagal plays a sort of Judd-type lady. And the other one died. What was her name? Lena in Futurama? Was it Lena? Leela. Leela. Fuck. Why can't you remember that? <laughs> There's certain things. You ask me that like once every like six months. You're like, what is it? It's the same reason why I have to remember the words Clydesdale and Carabiner. Only one of those is really useful to you, though. But it's the fact that I could not remember either one for years. I feel like it's acceptable to be like, you know, the horses they with the with walk the furry, around downtown with the with extra the hairy feet, yeah. the Budweiser ones, the Budweiser horse. Yes. Yeah. Nay. <laughs> Nay. Drink beer. Nay. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> I was going to say, remember that Budweiser Super Bowl commercial? What was that? Passenger? the light when it's about and low. The sun when it starts to snow. I don't remember that. It was a song. It was catchy. All the beer commercials I remember are from when I was a small child. Or up to like Bud Ice with the penguin. You don't have to remind me about Bud Ice and the penguin. <laughs> I had the penguin. You had the Bud Ice too. Yeah. Ugh. Very popular. That was the PBR of the time. Because it was strong. Was it? Yeah, Bud Ice was stronger than like Budweiser. Oh. That was why yeah, that's why we got we were like, it's cheaper and it's stronger. Yeah, that's why you know, teenager logic. <laughs> well, it's like how when I steel reserve. Did you ever have that shit later? Mm-mm. Oh my god, it was like what eight nine percent. It was something crazy. I swear, once I puked blood after I drank it, and I was like, never again. So when you were watching this movie, did you think that the world was for sure ending because it was an M Night Shyamalan movie? Or okay, so M Night, you know, full on it's aliens. You know, George. What's his name from Ancient Aliens? It's yeah, Aliens guy. Yeah, sometimes it's fucking nothing with him. Like, the village, it's nothing. I mean, it's like a very in-depth social experiment. Well, yeah, but it's not anything supernatural. It's kind of sci-fi in a weird way. Well, a little bit. But like a, like a... You know what I'm saying, though. Like, Yeah. Um, I really felt like if it wasn't going to happen, then I was, like, going to cry, like, want to cry. <laughs> like I, It was just horrible. It was, like, horrible. Like, there was no, like, oh, this is going to make it better. I feel like you were much more uncomfortable than me. I don't have children, so. I mean, that the whole aspect of there being a child involved really wasn't, it was just like, damn. I'm not a bright, you know, personality anymore. I tend to look at the downside of things. And when I watched this movie, there was just such a lack of positivity. But it was real. You know what I mean? Like, like it felt like it could really happen. Like yeah, you could just be there and people could show up. And 
because in a sense i feel like in reality things are you know to a degree getting shittier and then you throw in that whole like there's a greater power play here was it religious was it implied that this was a religious thing no it wasn't that's right? very much paul tremblay's thing when he writes is you don't know if what you're experiencing is real or not mm -hmm. uh his first book that i read it might have been his first book uh head full of ghosts it's like a conjuring style ghost story like with investigators and all that stuff but it's one of those things where you're like i don't really know if this is happening or not hmm. and that's what made it so good was okay. it could have just been mass hysteria or you know a group just a group of people starting to believe because with an was, ideal yeah the the idea spreads not all of his books are exactly like that but even the book i read uh survivor song that's about a zombie thing with two women one of them's pregnant trying to get across town she's like in labor and they're trying to get to the hospital during a zombie outbreak oh like while it's hit while shit's hitting the fan yeah but he still never comes out and is like this is zombies. So you don't really know exactly. It's very much where you're put in a position where you don't know what's going on. And the characters feel the same way. I always feel like that makes it classy. I really like that. That's my shit. It's a good touch. Something different. This or, was, or, okay, not stating the obvious. Well, this was the perfect story for M. Night Shyamalan. If I was going to pick a big director to do this. And I think he did a good enough job. I'm I sure the marketing was great. I'm sure there's a lot of people who read the book that were like, oh, man. Did you check to see how this did at the box office? I did not. Man. No, I'm completely unprepared for this episode. We're just talking about it. Yeah, um, I hope <laughs> it did. Okay. So a lot of times lately I'm disappointed with the marketing. And like you watch a preview or you watch a trailer and then you watch the movie and you're like, that's not this movie. Shadow in the Cloud. It's close enough to the one year anniversary. Think what you want about Shadow in the Cloud. It made more than its budget. It did? Yeah. So opening okay. weekend, it did $14 million. That's fine. And it was it cost $20 million to make. You go back and watch the trailer for Shadow in the Cloud, then watch Shadow in the Cloud. Two completely different fucking things. Whoever came up with the preview, the trailers for Shadow in the Cloud, they need to go away. They need to not do that ever again. It's not right. If what you're seeing in the trailer has fucking nothing to do with the fucking movie... I, don't mislead people we have enough of that i don't need that in movies like that you know what i mean yeah there was <laughs> like, there was something we watched uh the marketing for the movie was don't tell anyone and that can be good if you do it in the right way did witches in the woods have a fucking misleading trailer witches in the woods had no budget and no one saw it but us but we're the, the only ones who've ever seen that movie. but i feel like that's when we watched the trailer before we were like let's give it a shot we didn't watch the trailer we, we didn't it Based the on the title. cover, it was like a well fifth episode experiment. We didn't know what we were doing with this podcast. Okay, yet. so yeah, I won't say that one, but like Shadow in the Cloud. You watch the trailer, you watch the movie. This, you watch the trailer, and really, I don't know. Does this make me a hypocrite? I don't care if it was accurate. That was a fucking, that was good marketing for this one. It was like, what the fuck is going on? And you know what? This one was not misleading. So yeah, no. th this one did not it mislead you into what it was. But it, it, it I was curious. I was curious. I was intrigued. I was like, what is, what is it? I hadn't read the book. I didn't know it was going to happen. But you see Bautista in the woods and it's like, hi. <laughs> you really, know, like, that's exactly like the book. Like it follows the book uh, to the letter until 
around the end. There's some slight differences. Mm -hmm. I think a really good one word is despair. Oh, absolutely. Despair. Paul Tremblay is a masterful fucking horror writer, and I highly recommend to anyone who's interested, read his books. You have to find new authors. There are so many books coming out nowadays because you can just publish whatever. But like Paul Tremblay, Jeremy Robert Johnson, Stephen Graham Jones, these are like the top tier of horror writers these days. But we treat authors like shit now. They don't get paid a lot. They'll never be a Stephen King or a J.K. Rowling. Maybe again ever mm. you just can't make that much money off a book unless they make a fucking giant movie franchise do you think you. kindle killed the author no uh, it may have killed the rock star author but there are still people i mean some of that shit is like buying art you know mm -hmm. like rich people kind of dictate what is good art based on how much they'll pay for it and i think that it's like i think that it's like when the new york times or these bestseller lists come out. That's what dictates what is going to make a lot of money. But still, it's only going to make that person enough money to get to the next book. If you do really well. Do you think a lot of authors are really just aiming for transition to screenplay? I no, I don't think like that. that's like an over that's that's more of a goal. No, I don't think that's the goal. Okay. No, I think it's still I think there's still people who just want to write books because a book is not a movie. It's not the same. Not the same way you're getting a story. There's so much more to like it happening in your head. It's one of those things we can't lose in the world. We won't. Storytelling. But, I mean, an AI might write a really good book really soon. We're fucked. I mean, they're already going to replace copywriters, so good Dude, luck with that shit for me, I guess. I've talked to people that are getting them to write books. They write books, and you change one detail, it will rewrite the whole story based on that one detail you changed. Yeah, that's crazy. And I don't want to see the people who are passing off AI written books as their own work. Olympia just told me there was a, like Sony holds this really big like photo competition. It's like the photo competition. The guy who won, he used an AI generated photo and it was really just for conversation. But then he actually fucking won. That's crazy. That's where we're at. It was just supposed to, I don't know. Look, don't quote me. We just had a quick conversation about it. I'm sleepy. It's after work. <laughs> but she was telling me about this. And from what I understand, he did it as more like a conversation piece. Like, I'm going to do this and really, you know. See what happens. Who notices who doesn't? Yeah. Not only did they not know, he fucking won. Yeah, And it's like, crazy. that's where we're at. And, you know, this isn't on, like, that, like, end of the world AI is going to kill us side of things. It's the, well, what is this going to do to the creativity of an individual versus this artificial intelligence? Yeah, that scares the shit out of me. We're there. Like, we're, we're like, at the we're doors. We're almost there. The AI they have is still bullshit. To a degree. From a sci-fi nerd's point of view. Still bullshit. It's making fucking pictures. That's cute. But we're we're many years away from Skynet. I mean, it's it's to the point where AI can do the job of some software engineers better. Than yeah, that's it. the real problem. I've, I've talked about this with engineers. That yeah. It's, uh, I talk about it with engineers the, all the time. In the tech industry, too, is like it starts out, they open these companies with these giant offices of all these people. And then as time goes on, they figure out a way to make that just one guy. And that will happen with everything. Uh, I could get real political right now. Look, but... okay. A week after that, we're watching Gung Ho with Michael <laughs> Keaton. Uh, <no. laughs> Gung Ho is amazing. <laughs> a one-eared elephant. No, you didn't um, expect me to know a line from Gung Ho, did you? I don't know lines from Gung Ho. Like I know the movie, but a I do not know. One-eared elephant. Uh, you know, mm. you know what that sound is? I will be driving back home through the storm as the storm is passing through again. Nah, you'll be all right.
I've got, it's okay. I've got, I'm in a truck. It's fine. That's why I have a truck. These uh, scenarios. One of us has to die or Frank can't get home because God is going to kill us all. <laughs> so actual spoiler alert this time. I'm now going to talk about the end of the movie. Okay. Are you going to talk about the end of the movie or the, the end, end of the book? The end of the book. So the difference between the book and the movie ending is the girl fucking dies oh. in the book. Hmm. And when they wrestle for the gun, which mm-hmm. happens in the movie, it yeah. accidentally goes off and shoots her. And then at the end, when they're just alone and left, there are other differences. Like uh, Dave Batista's character is killed by one that tries to back out. Oh, well, one of his own. Yes. Okay. And uh, they don't want to do this anymore. Change so, of heart. Yes. Things go a little sideways in a different way. And then when dying is an accident. And then they decide, fuck this world, fuck God, we're going to go out and just face whatever's coming. And they just leave. But you never get, like, the planes are dropping from the sky aspect of it in the book. Like, they can't see it outside. Mm -hmm. Outside, just a normal day. And so when they leave, you still don't know whether the world is ending or not. But in any case, they don't fucking care anymore. Nobody chooses. That shit was real time. Yeah, but I understand why he made the changes that he did to it for a less fucked up ending of the movie because it, clearly it still affected you to the max. When I read the book, I had that devil all the time feeling. Yeah, you know, I read Devil All the Time and there was like a two week period. It's like, you know, into the scream metal. Nothing wasn't happy. Fuck everything. <laughs> it seemed like it was an overcast day every day, and I like overcast days, like, but why it was does it different. Even fucking matter, man. Yeah, people but, complaining about shit that you're just like you got problems. Yeah, fucking you're not in the south in that time. No, <laughs> the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy showed up at my house and tried to get me to kill my daughter. And he wasn't fucking blue anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they all did a great job. Ron, not one of the Pete's, did great. You know, both dads, little girl, they're fantastic. They all did good. That guy but, from Frozen, man, he's real good. And Mindhunter. Mindhunter, that's it. Uh, wait, was he a voice in Frozen? Yeah, he's like a musical theater guy. Oh, that it's makes just so sense. weird because my first experience with him was Mindhunters. Mind Hunter. I never did season two. But yes, he's he's like a Disney prince. Cool. I don't know what Frozen's about. Elsa and Honor sisters. Elsa has magical powers, snow and ice. And when they're playing as a kid, she hurts the younger sister, Anna. So her parents are like, "You can't do this, goddamn it!" Well, and then they hide her away. And while they're hiding her away, the parents have to go on a trip, and then their boat crashes, and they die. And so then it's just Elsa and Anna, and then it's time for Elsa's coronation. And she's worried about her powers coming out during the coronation. And during the coronation, her powers come out, and they're like, oh, shit. And Anna's like, oh, I'm going to go save you. But Elsa's like, oh, I turned it into a snow Iceland. And so she runs off into the mountains and sings this song called Let It Go. And then, like, Anna and Kristoff and Olaf, they all have to go find her. And Sven, I almost forgot Sven. And then they find her, and then Anna's like, hey, it's okay. And Elsa's like, no, no. But then, like, all these people are like, fuck her, she's a witch. And so they're coming to get her, too. And then they get her. And then Anna thought that this, like, dude who was leading the charge liked her. And no, he didn't. She should have just liked Kristoff the whole time. But by then, like, Elsa's in jail and Anna's dying. And they're like, oh, it's like her sister needs to save her and it turns out it's like the love of her sister that saves her and then all the bad people that try to take over while Elsa's missing they get like caught and then like Elsa learns how to control it she unfreezes shit and then everything goes back to normal in the kingdom but we got to experience the adventure that Anna and Kristoff and Olaf and Sven had 
trying to go get Elsa back. Let it go. You ruined the movie! Thanks everyone for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at The Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.